Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm Albert Hardy, your host. What about this idea of cyber pandemic? It's where the entire power grid, yours and mine, and everybody else's around the world goes down on purpose because of sabotage. Somebody messes it up. Now, how would that happen? Well, let's say they found a way to destroy satellites out in space. And they could do that. And one would bang into another, and pretty soon we'd have a bunch of wreckage on the ground. And all of the controls that control the power grid would be destroyed. There would be no internet and nobody would be getting paid because the bank systems would immediately shut down. There would be no electricity to run them and the doors would not open. So we would really all be in serious trouble. And it's not just our entertainment, it's our money. That would be a big deal, very definitely. And that's what the head of the economic forum has told everybody, that we should prepare for that. It would be worse than COVID by far. Because now those who are, de are dependent on electricity for their lives, like those people in nursing homes, what would happen to them? Well, many of the workers there would run for their lives, forget all their troubles and go somewhere, try to get away. You know, the people that will survive something like that will be the poorest of the poor. Why? Because they grow their own food now. They know how to survive on next to nothing. They know how to forage and find food in the wilderness or in the woods. They know how to survive. They know how to hunt. And they don't need uh, ammunition or guns or any of that. They know how to do it by hand with slings or with dart guns that they make out of bamboo. All sorts of tools like that are available if you know how to make them and where to get the materials out of the woods. But does the Bible predict anything like that anywhere? Well, maybe. Let's turn to the 14th chapter of Ezekiel. I very seldom go to Ezekiel because I don't fully understand all of it. And I, I'd like to before I start really teaching about it. So I am studying it. But this chapter is about idolatry. And God hates idolatry. It's having another God before him. And that's not good for his people. And so that's why he hates it. He hates what tears people down. So chapter 14 of Ezekiel reads like this in the NLT. The NLT I find a little clearer. It may not be 
um, substantially as accurate as the King James or as uh, have as many words in it in the vocabulary set. But anyway, here we go. 14.1 Ezekiel. Then some of the leaders of Israel visited me, and while they were sitting with me, this message came to me from the Lord. Quote, Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. You notice that? It's, it's something that's in their minds. It's not even an idol that they make with their hands and set up and worship. It's something they worship in their heads. That's very interesting to me. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Hmm. Well, it's a sin to have another God before the true God. That's exactly what this is talking about. Why should I listen to their requests? Tell them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel have set up idols in their hearts and have fallen into sin. And then they go to a prophet of mine, in other words, asking for a message from God. So I, the Lord, give, will give them the kind of answer their great idolatry deserves. I will do this to capture the minds and hearts of all my people who have turned from me to worship their detestable idols. Therefore, tell the people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. I, the Lord, will answer all those, both Israelites and foreigners. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a foreigner. I am not an Israelite that I know of. So I'm a foreigner, a Gentile, and like most people in America, actually who reject me and set up idols in their hearts and so fall into sin. And who then come to a prophet asking for my advice? Wow, I will turn against such people and make a terrible example out of them, eliminating them from my people. And then you will know that I am the Lord, which means I'm the boss. Verse 9, And if a prophet is deceived into giving a message, it is because I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet. I will lift my fist against such prophets and cut them off from the community of Israel. False prophets and those who seek their guidance will all be punished for their sins. In this way, the people of Israel will learn not to stray from me, polluting themselves with sin. They will be my people, and I will be their God. The Sovereign Lord has spoken. This chapter has 23 verses in it. So we'll just keep going. Then this message came to me from the Lord. 
Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me, and I lifted my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to both destroy the people and the animals. Wow. Verse 14, chapter 14 of Ezekiel. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the Sovereign Lord. Or suppose I were to send wild animals to invade the country, kill the people, and make the land too desolate and too dangerous to pass through. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if these three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be made desolate. God sounds very angry at idolatry, and I can understand why, because he cares about the people and doesn't want them to fall into sin. Because when they fall into sin, they fall into the grave. They die. Verse 17, Or suppose that I were to bring war against the land, and I send enemy armies to destroy both people and animals. Again, he's destroying both people and animals. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. Or, and get this, or suppose I were to pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land, and the disease killed people and animals alike. As surely as I live, says the Lord, the Sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved by their righteousness. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How terrible it will be when all four of these dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem. War, famine, wild animals, and disease. Destroying all her people and animals. Yet there will be some survivors. And they will come here to join you as exiles in Babylon. So Ezekiel is writing this message down for the exiles that are already captured and sent to Babylon. That's in Iraq. Wow. You will see with your own eyes how wicked they are. And then you will feel better about what I've done to Jerusalem, realizing that it's just and deserved. When you meet them and see their behavior, you will understand that these things are not being done to Israel without cause. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And that's the end of chapter 14. 
So back to the idea about this cyber pandemic. Now I say that in with tongue in cheek, so to speak, but in reality, some people on the planet are already preparing for this. And I hope it doesn't happen, but I've got a very uh, eerie feeling that it probably will, at least to some form or degree. The ones, again, that will be safe are those who could care less about the internet or television or uh, satellite signals or cell phones. They don't need any of that stuff because they know how to live off the land. How many Americans could do that? I dare say almost none. Almost none. In America we're so used to having electricity and having flowing running water, which would stop in a grid-down situation. We're so used to having three squares a day plus snacks whenever we want. You know, it's always uh, been what I've heard is that you can eat in America. You may not be able to do it in Africa or China or India or Bangladesh or Vietnam or wherever the case may be, South America, Australia, Russia. And this is true. You may not be able to eat in those places. They don't have it as cushy as spoiled America. And I'm an American. I admit it. I'm as spoiled as anybody on the planet. So what am I getting at? Well, I'm getting at the words of Jesus himself and how they relate to Ezekiel 14. So what am I talking about? Where are we going to go next? Well, let's try Matthew 24 for a moment. I know we go there frequently because it is one of the hottest and most contested chapters in the Bible. But let's just see how bad it really does get here. In Matthew 24, we'll start in verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these things? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top another. Now that is actually a Jewish idiom. And so it may be that he was um, using that as an idiom at the time. But maybe not. Later, Jesus, this is verse 3, sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when, when will all this happen? What will be the sign and signal of your return in the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. Now, we're going to read some more in Ezekiel in, in a few minutes, but there are a lot of false prophets out there today. They say, I got a message from God 
And or I see I saw a vision last night. I had a dream last night and this or that happened. Well, I got news for them. I seriously doubt it. I seriously doubt it. And they can make a big deal. They can be a child and write a book about it or have their parents write down their story and write a book, write it into a book how they went to heaven and saw grandpa or something like that. Don't you believe a word of it? Because Jesus himself said that no man has ascended to heaven but he himself. You want to read that? You want to see where that is in the Bible? Try John 3 and maybe verse 13. Remember, this is when Jesus was uh, approached by Nicodemus at night. And he's talking with him and saying some things that are a little bit out there, or, or so it might seem, at least in our translation. Verse 12 says, But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly t believe it if I tell you about heavenly things? He says in verse 13, No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man who has come down from heaven. You see, it's only those that have the power to do that and live that go to heaven. In other words, it was Jesus, God, who can do that. He can travel into space and materialize on any planet he wants to in the speed of thought. So, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to in the spirit realm where we will be as his born-again sons and daughters, fully born as spirit beings, like unto Jesus' uh, glorified body. I look forward to that. I think that'll be so cool because we cannot get hurt. We can't die. We can't get sick. We will have no aches and pains ever again. Those days will be long behind us, gone. So there are great things ahead, and it's more real than we are because we're only temporary mechanical beings, really. And I say mechanical, not that we're automatons. No, we still have choices to make. But we are quite physical. Now, let's go back. To Matthew 24 for a moment. Don't let anyone mislead you. Don't let a false prophet mislead you. In other words, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. <laughs> in other words, by talking about Jesus. Yep. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will not follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. 
And every woman who's ever had a baby knows that as they come more often, they also become more painful. Verse 9, Matthew 24, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to be arrested. I want to have a good life and be raptured away. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus said. He said you'd be killed and arrested and persecuted. He's talking directly to the disciples who became apostles, and by them we have the words of God and live by them, the words of Christ. We wouldn't have them if it weren't for the apostles. He goes on to say, you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Hated. You want to be hated? Well, got news for you. It's too late not to be hated now. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. In Ezekiel 15 and in verse 6, he had just got through telling how useless vines are as firewood. They're not any good. They burn up too quick and they're just useless. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, The people of Jerusalem are like grapevines growing among the trees of the forest. Since they are useless, I have thrown them on the fire to be burned, and I will see to it that if they escape from one fire, they will fall into another. When I turn against them, you will know that I am the Lord, and I will make the land desolate because my people have been unfaithful to me. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And that's the end of chapter 15 of Ezekiel. But now I want to go back a couple of pages to the 13th chapter of Ezekiel and read what he says about false prophets. Verse 8, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Because what you say is false, and your visions are a lie, I will stand against you, says the Sovereign Lord. I will raise my fist against all the prophets who see false visions and make lying predictions. Now, am I saying that cyber uh, pandemics are not coming? No, I'm not. But let's keep reading. And they make lying predictions, and they will be vanquished and banished from the community of Israel. I will blot their names from Israel's record books, and they will never again set foot in their own land. That sounds pretty dire. Then you will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. In other words, the boss. Now, verse 10 says this. This is what will happen because these evil prophets deceive my people by saying, all is peaceful when there is no peace at all. That reminds me of the announcers on on television who say it's mostly peaceful protests and then right behind them people are throwing Molotov cocktails through glass windows, burning cars, 
hurting people, causing a riot, causing fights, causing people to lose their lives. Oh, it's mostly peaceful. No, that's not what I call peace. To them, the only peace there is, is death. There's no peace at all. It's as if the people have built a flimsy wall and these prophets are trying to reinforce it by covering it with whitewash paint. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's going to hold up that wall. (laughs) No. Tell these whitewashers that their wall will soon fall down. A heavy rainstorm will undermine it. Great hailstones and mighty winds will just knock it down. And when the wall falls, the people will cry out, What happened to your whitewash? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will sweep away your whitewashed wall with a storm of indignation, with a flood of great anger, oh wait, not great anger, just anger, and with hailstones of fury. I will break down your wall right to its foundation, and when it falls it will crush you. Then you will know I am the Lord." Dropping down to verse 16, they were lying prophets who claimed peace would come to Jerusalem when there was no peace. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. And he goes on. Now, son of man, in verse 17, chapter 13, Ezekiel, now, son of man, speak out against the women who prophesy from their own imaginations. Imagine anybody doing that today? (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits you women who are ensnaring the lives of my people, young and old alike? You tie magic charms on your wrists and furnish them with magic veils. Do you think you can trap others without bringing destruction on yourselves? Verse 19, you bring shame on me among my people for a few handfuls of barley or a piece of bread. By lying to my people who love to listen to lies, you kill those who should not die and you promise life to those who should not live. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against all your magic charms which you use to ensnare my people like birds. I will tear them from your arms, setting my people free like birds set free from a cage. I will tear off the magic veils and save my people from your grasp. They will no longer be your victims. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You have discouraged the righteous with your lies, but I didn't want them to be sad. And you have encouraged the wicked by promising them life, even though they continue in their sins. Because of all this, you will no longer talk of seeing visions that you never saw. And neither will any of your predictions come true, for I will rescue my people from your grasp. You will no longer make predictions. Then you will know that I am the Lord. God hates idol worship. He hates it. 
He doesn't want to see people regard some statue of the Virgin Mary or some saint as if it were alive, that it could hear them or see them or do anything at all, especially to help them. No, 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 no. In verse um, 13 of chapter 14, which we did not read, Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me, and I lifted up my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. Now, he said this before in several places in this one chapter alone. So, my suggestion is to prepare for this cyber pandemic. And how would you do that? By learning to live with the lights off for a day or two, a month. Learn to live without electricity. Learn to grow your own food. I'll tell you what I've learned. Two things, worm castings and mulch. The worm castings fertilize the soil better than anything else, better than any commercial fertilizer, and it's all organic. And the second thing is to mulch the soil, to protect it from sunlight shining directly on soil. You don't want to let that happen because it'll kill the life forms that are in there to help the soil nutrients uptake into your plant. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I strongly urge each one of us to grow something, grow as much as you possibly can, and learn to be self-sufficient without electricity. It's probably a good idea to keep a few dollars in your house somewhere, hidden away, and to store some food. I'm not saying to stockpile roomfuls of it. I'm just saying keep your pantry full. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. I don't have anything for sale. I don't have a single ad in there, but it's all for you to try to help you stay close to the only one who's coming to save us, Jesus Christ www.itellwhy.com Till next time, have a great life.